Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. So do enjoy those on us. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. The toll-free SACL CAI line is 800 259 9231. We have an interesting story to start things out with here, and I have so many different uh, sources for this story, I'm not even sure which one to go with. Uh, I'm sure Mark has uh, has heard of this particular story, and I'm sure you have if you've been paying attention to the news at all today. Uh, the gunman has uh, who has shot to death six people in a city council meeting. Oh, is this the guy over the um, uh, the, the parking uh, parking ticket issue? Yeah, well, it's it's a little bit more than just parking tickets. It's yet another man who has gone off the deep end and has basically gotten to the point where uh, where he believed that there was nothing else that he could do, where the government was had you know pushed him to the brink of madness, and he had responded with violence. This story from the Associated Press. A gunman carrying a grudge against City Hall left a suicide note on his bed warning, the truth will come out in the end. Before he went on a deadly shooting spree at a city council meeting, his brother told the AP today. Arthur Thornton, 42, that's his brother, said in an interview at the family's home that he knew his brother was responsible for the killings when he read the one-line note. He says, it looks like my brother's going crazy, but he's just trying to get people's attention, Thornton said, explaining he believed that the note reflected his brother's growing frustration with local government officials. Police have the note, he said. After storming the meeting and killing five people Thursday night, Charles Lee, and I've seen it be uh, five and six. It's been reported as five and six people today. Uh, So this article's claiming five. Charles Lee Cookie Thornton was fatally shot by law enforcement officers. Federal uh, friends and relatives said he had a long-standing feud with the city, and he'd lost a federal free speech lawsuit against the St. Louis suburb just 10 days earlier. At earlier meetings, he said he had received 150 tickets against his business. They uh, go through the victims here. Basically, he shot to death two cops and three city council um not they weren't all counselors. I think one of them was the uh, some bigwig public works director. He shot to death the public works director mm. uh, and two city council members. He attempted to kill the mayor. He is currently in critical condition. So it's a, it's a real shame, but I you know I understand the frustration when you feel like you're just getting no representation out of the city and that it you know for whatever reason it it is going after you and and this happens. Uh, you know, what's a guy to do? Because the city's using force on him. Right. Well, the, the interesting part, I mean, beyond this fact that it's yet another one of these stories, there was one of these stories last year, too, where uh, another gunman burst into a city council room and killed a city councilor. Uh, and then, of course, you have, you've got the story with the, with the killdozer from a few years back mm-hmm. where another guy had been pushed to the brink. He uh, suited up a, a, a bulldozer with armor on it and went went just destroying the city buildings in the town. Uh, and, and don't know, forget Carl Draga. Carl Draga, right. Been uh, a little over a decade. A man in New Hampshire who, again, pushed to the brink, just started killing bureaucrats. 
I think we, he mostly killed cops, but um, he had a problem with his uh, zoning to do it with started building with a, a city bureaucrat. Creek or something. Yeah, yes, that's it's, where it started. Yeah. Right, it started with him murdering a city bureaucrat. And last night we were talking about violence. A few nights ago we had some guy on the air advocating violence, and we spoke out against it, as we always do. And, I, you know, even in this case, it doesn't accomplish your desired ends. I mean, as you say, Mark, I understand how the guy is feeling. I mean, I can only barely understand it. I have never been picked on by the government like this guy was. But I, I can, to some extent, empathize. And when you look at the results of what has happened here, I'll give you more of the story in a moment, but when you look, when you look at the results, the results are this guy in the media and in the comments on these stories is being made out to look like a madman. And the comments are usually to the effect of, oh, this is t- so tragic, he killed innocent people. Well, not quite. You not know, quite. They're, they're not innocent when they, um, you know, when they use their power arbitrarily to decide one business is uh, you know, not in compliance and another one is. Now, I don't know the specifics of this case, but, um, you know... <sighs> When when dealing with the city and and realizing you just don't have a voice, I mean here even in, in a town as as small as the one we're in and here in Keene, New Hampshire, I don't have a voice. And you know what? They don't care. Look, I, you know I've made it clear that they have all of their uh, little city meetings at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. I do. I work. work at 7 p.m. They you know me and everybody else who's on who's doing second or third shift depending on uh, where you work and what they call it. You know who works in the evening like this? We don't have any. We can't even go in and talk. Not like they they Not listen. That, like they care, right. right? You went into one of them. I don't know how you got to that one, but I, I, uh, I went in a little. Early. It was it started at six for whatever reason, right? And right. I, and I was very and I was darn close to uh, airtime when I uh, walked in the door. But you know they they don't care. I made, I made a sign for that meeting, by the way, a big right. sign, and they still didn't care. And everybody who came and spoke spoke, uh, you know, and said On the your same. Side. Yeah, they said the same thing I did, and they still voted for it because they don't care what we say. That's right. They care, and they use our money, which if we don't pay, they take our houses away from us. You telling me that's not force? You know, somebody comes to steal your house, and you're not supposed to use ar- um, you're not supposed to use armed force to repel them. That's what these that's where these guys are coming from. Right, and the the fact here is though that these people they might have believed that they were doing the right thing. The people in city council, I don't know if they're evil. I think many of them have good intentions. I think that I think the vast majority of these people probably have good intentions, and they think they're just doing what it is they're supposed to do in the roles that they have as city councilor to make these decisions for other people's lives. It's wrong. It's despicable. It's something we need to work against. But shooting these people to death, I don't think is going to solve the problem. Because as I say, all all it's doing is making this man to look like a madman, Right. To make him look like he victimized a bunch of innocent people, though we know they aren't innocent. We know that they were targeting this guy. At least he felt he was being targeted. Let me continue the story here, and we can certainly would love to have you chime in at 800-259-9231. The gunman killed one officer outside of City Hall, then walked into the council chamber, shot another, and continued pulling the trigger. So he took the cops that were in the vicinity out first, uh, and then proceeded to shoot the council members. St. Louis County spokeswoman uh, bureaucrat uh, from the police department said the witness said the gunman yelled, shoot the mayor, as he fired shots in the chambers. 
As the man fired at city attorney John Hessel, he tried to fight off the attacker by throwing chairs. The shooter then moved behind the desk where the council sits and fired more shots at the council members. Uh, We crawled under the chairs and just laid there, said one of them. We heard him shouting, and we heard uh, heard some shouting, and the police heard what was going on, ran in, and shot him. They probably feel um, as power, they probably felt in that moment, as that guy's screaming and shooting and killing people around them, they probably feel just as helpless as we do when we're trying to deal with the bureaucrats at the city. Because those people do use force. They have the threat of taking your house away. Um, if you don't play by their rules. And, you know, I, 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 as far as taking a man's house away, I, I guess the next step is shooting. You know, if if I just if they decide that they're going to take my house away for whatever reason, I assume what they'll do is then they're using overt force on you at that point. Right. I, I would I would assume what they're going to do is uh, auction off my house at the, on the city steps while right. I'm living. While you're in living it. there, and then they'll say, "Sorry, you don't own this anymore." And then uh, some guy's going to say, "I own this," and he's going to come with the cops and say, "You're going to leave now. I own this property." And then what? I, then, then I then I'm in a shootout with some guy I don't even know. They've got a system here that really pits Americans against Americans, and uh, you know doesn't allow for representation for people who um, have minority opinions. There's more to this story here. The killer, the council, uh, city council killer, a city council massacre, if you will. I don't know how many kill- how many victims do you have to have to to be a massacre. I, it, it, there is no uh, you know it just depends on what the press says. Okay, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Does this sort of violence actually accomplish anything? 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark? 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce. In fact, I sent out an update uh, very recently announcing that we've got an auction going on. You can go to auction.freetalklive.com to place a bid on our banner. It's the second banner on the website. You'll get it for an entire month to advertise virtually anything. Uh, but you have to bid on it. So go to auction.freetalklive.com. I looked last night, and it was at about 40 bucks. So pretty good deal so far. Uh, once again, head on over to auction.freetalklive.com. And if you want to be on the alert list, if you want to get updates, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get signed up for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. All right, so back to the story here. The definition of massacre from the Wikipedia is the indiscriminate and brutal slaughter, and this is uh, cited for the Oxford English Dictionary, indiscriminate and brutal slaughter of people or animals, carnage, butchery, slaughter in numbers, so, it, it was slaughter in numbers in that he killed at least five people, but it wasn't indiscriminate. He wasn't just killing anybody inside the city council chambers. He was going after the city councilors. Well, if you look at the Boston Massacre, which probably to me is the uh, um, the most famous massacre out there, 
uh, you you'll look at uh, I, I don't know how many people, but it seems like it was seven or nine or something mm-hmm. like that. Not a not a tremendous number by today's standards. Certainly, when you consider nine eleven and that that level of carnage. Um, but you know the the British soldiers were firing upon um, you know American people that were rowdy. So that's not entirely indiscriminate. Um, it's it's more indiscriminate than say an execution where you kill someone specific a specific person for a specific reason and those reasons are enumerated. How's that? The uh, man we're talking about here is Charles Lee Cookie Thornton, a uh, guy I guess he was in his early forties, mm. and he had been pushed over the edge. Said he'd received 150 tickets against his business. Thornton was often a contentious presence at the city council's meetings. He had twice been convicted of disorderly conduct for disrupting meetings in May of 2006. The city had ticketed Thornton's demolition and asphalt business, Cuco Construction, for parking his commercial vehicles in the neighborhood, said Ron Hodges, a friend who lives in the community. He said the tickets were eating at him. He felt that as a black contractor, he was being singled out, said Hodges, who is black. I guess he thought mentally he had no more recourse. The weekly uh, Webster Kirkwood Times, this again, I think, in Kirkwood, Missouri, where this went down. You know, this is what happens when people feel like they have no recourse. And that's what government is. Government is a system by which we force other people to have no recourse. This is the uh, this is the logical conclusion to government. This is what happens. It always comes down to violence. It, 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 that, yeah, that's what's going to happen. You're going every time. You have some idea, and that's what government is. It's an idea. We'll force people to do this. We'll force people to do that. Mm-hmm. We'll say they can't park in the street no matter what. Um, you know, we paved the street. It's ours. Uh, it's our town. They have to pay taxes to live here. No matter what, government is a system by which you leave people no recourse. And when you leave people no recourse, this is what you're going to get some of the time. Well, and some of the people are going to cow down. They're going to lick their lick the hand. Sure. Of that feeds them. Most people will. They will. 99%. Most people won't really be, um, you know, driven in the same way. But, you know, somebody out there every once in a while is going to is going to feel like they have no recourse. They're going to feel, in fact, the truth that they have no recourse. Now, and they're going to fight back. Now, it can't be said that uh, that Cookie here, the, the shooter, did not attempt to exercise what options he did have. Mm-hmm. Remember, prior to the shooting... Just ten days earlier, so probably this was probably the first city council meeting since ten days prior. Ten days earlier, he had lost a federal free speech lawsuit that he filed against the St. Louis suburb. The judge threw that. It out sounds of court. like he, he was at the city council meetings talking to these people about uh, you know whatever his issues are. I would assume mm-hmm. he's gone through the court system. Right. The court system said no. Now I don't know what the I, I don't know the merits of his case. I have no idea, but. You know, he felt like he had no recourse, and this was his final recourse. This is how he decided to enact it, and this is what happens when you bring about government. It says here that the mayor was once quoted in 2006 saying that Thornton's contentious remarks of the years created one of the most embarrassing situations I've experienced in my many years of public service. Well, he was probably embarrassed as he was lying bleeding on the floor, too. The mayor's comments came during a meeting attended by Thornton two weeks after he was forcibly removed from the chambers. 
The mayor, Swoboda, said the council considered banning Thornton from future meetings, but decided against it. In a federal lawsuit stemming from his arrest during two meetings just weeks apart, Thornton insisted that Kirkwood officials violated his constitutional rights to free speech by barring him from speaking at those meetings. But a judge in St. Louis tossed out the lawsuit January 28th, writing that any restrictions on Thornton's speech were reasonable, viewpoint neutral, and served, get this, important governmental interests. We Hmm. can't have you coming into our meetings and talking the way you talk, Mr. Thornton. The feds, uh, the the, uh, court brought, or the uh, St. Louis judge backed up the government of course well, another brother and, you know and the, and they they can do this in any way they want um you know they say it's a you know, democratic system they say you're going to get your say and then if your say uh, they didn't like what he had to say right, if, it, if if your say somehow conflicts with what they're doing and i can understand he called this, them jackasses it makes perfectly good sense if they have a city council meeting every time they have a city city council meeting i run in there smeared in peanut butter yodeling the uh, star spangled banner yeah, they're not going to be able to get any business done. Good. All I'm saying <laughs> is that this is what happens when you leave someone no recourse. Another brother of his, Gerald Thornton, said the legal setback might have been his brother's final straw. Quote, he's spoken on it as best he could in the courts, and they denied all rights to the access of protection, and he took it upon himself to go to war and end the issue. 1-800-259-9231. We go to Don in Missouri. Don, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How's it going tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? All right, I always wanted to uh, make a comment about uh, the situation. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I sympathize with them, but I don't really think that it, it, they, anything any good. Basically, they will put more restrictions on who can come in mm-hmm. and what you can and cannot say. And they will just basically start profiling people. So if you get out of line, they will automatically arrest you and charge you with something that you, you know, a normal person probably wouldn't be thinking about doing. So I don't really think that this helped anything it won't get anything accomplished and i think you're right i have to agree that um you know that they're just going to batten down the hatches they're going to say okay well now we're scared uh we still want to come here and rule over people's lives so let's have dangerous for us let's have guards out front and they'll just have to search everyone coming in absolutely so then you know you 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 don't feel really secure going there saying what you really want to say because they're going to basically shut you down or kick you out so absolutely not good Um, I really want to talk about the uh, stimulus package that was passed today. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Hang on. We'll bring you back for that, Don. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Violence in the St. Louis area, about 20 miles south, actually, of uh, southwest of uh, downtown St. Louis, Kirkwood, Missouri, where a man entered a city council meeting last night and proceeded to execute five people. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. We have a big new advertiser for Valentine's Day. Please, before you buy flowers or candy this year, consider pajamagram.com. The pajamas or lingerie come in a beautiful hat box with a lavender sachet, a gift card, and a do not disturb sign. She'll love it for years. Pajamagram.com. And please, tell them you heard about it at Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. So enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go click and download. They're free right there on the front page of the website. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
Soviet-style central planning does not work. So what's the best way to reach out to liberty lovers? Google ads, direct mail, free talk live? Only you know what's best. You can choose what project is worthy of your dollar. Go to freestateproject.org slash donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org slash donate. 800-259-9231. We go back to Don in Missouri. Don, you're back on Free Talk Live. Yes. So, as I was saying, I wanted to talk about the stimulus package that uh, they had passed today. Sure. Mm-hmm. I had posted it on uh, another website earlier today, and see it, it, was, it came from CNN. Uh, they had a little line in there that said that this is basically, uh, they're going to give you this money. It's an advancement, you know, <laughs> yep. for, for taxes. Right, right. So they're basically giving you a little bit of your own money uh, in advance on next year's taxes. Right. Well, I mean, honestly, I didn't believe you when you first said it. So I had to, you know, when the facts came out, then I'm like, man, he was really right about this. <laughs> the, so, you know, the leopard doesn't change its spots, Don. These guys aren't all of a sudden becoming a, a charity. They, uh, they, they're, they're doing the exact same thing they did in 2001. They've just upped the amount of money. Isn't uh, isn't it six hundred dollars now instead of three hundred? Oh, I. I, I for each kid you have. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was six hundred dollars back then too. No, I only got three hundred back well, then. You, you, I was doing but, taxes back then, so I remember that. But Either, uh, go ahead. Anyway, I had went back again because some people started questioning me about this line that I had pointed out to them. They said, you know, that line is not there. I went to the CNN website and it's not there anymore. So I went back and I looked at it, and sure enough, it was updated at one o'clock today, and it was not there anymore. So I posted it on the BBS so people can see, but it's exactly uh, verbatim, and you can see that. Yeah, it's not there, but it's the same exact. Uh, <laughs> wow. So you're saying so you're saying that the initial version of the story did reveal that the the money, the checks they send out, are going to be in advance on next year's tax return on your rebate, whatever. If you were getting a rebate, and if you well, are going to get a rebate in 2009, it's, it's not an if situation. It's not so much an if situation. It's this earned income tax credit, which is essentially uh, you know hidden welfare. Even if you don't, um, you know. Uh, pay taxes, pay enough money in um, to get this kind of return because, you know, you can get, I think it's $2,100 for the earned income tax credit. Even if you don't pay that mo- enough money in, you'll still get that money back. So you're saying the people on the lowest of the low scale of the uh, the tax system will get a subsidy? They, they absolutely will. But everybody will. else that doesn't qualify the for the earned income tax credit, because I never did, everybody else that doesn't qualify will have to... Oh, I think you did. I think you just didn't realize it. No, I, I would have taken it if I could have. I, I know you I know you. They're saying they're, they're giving money to people from 75000 to 150000 uh, So there is a limit. They capped it off at that point. Yeah. It was being held up because the Republicans wanted to give money to the elderly people, uh, which added 44 billion more dollars to the to the package deal. But but for anyone, but basically what you're saying is the original version of the article did reveal that this the check for most people is going to be a, a uh, it's going to be essentially an early rebate on mm-hmm. next year's taxes. And right. uh, so therefore, if you owe or if you were going to get six hundred dollars next year. Well, you'd get zero because they already gave it to you this year. But now you're right. saying that CNN has gone in, or the AP, or whoever it was, has removed that information from the article. Yes, it was updated at one uh, one o'clock today. So they they you know they tell you at the uh, top of the screen whether or not the article was updated yeah. and yeah. it had updated and taken out, and everything else is pretty much was the same in the article. Very interesting. Like, it was definitely very interesting. Yeah. So well, that, 
that's the deal. That's what's going to happen, and I'm glad you uh, you got it confirmed there. And it just because certainly you shouldn't believe everything I say. I'm just a talk show host. Don, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. But as I said, you know, it's the same scam as it was back in 2001 when they did this before. They're trying to make themselves look good, look trying to make it look like they're doing you a favor when all they're doing is just playing, uh, you know, they're just playing a, a cup game. You know, the little game where they put the ball underneath the cup and the three cups and they ship three them card, all around. Three-card money. Three-card money. You know, shell game. Shell game. That was what I was looking for. Uh, so what a scam. 800-259-9231. The best way to avoid all this is to not give them money in the first place. In fact, there's an incredibly large article, and I'm going to see if I can cut it down to radio length. Uh, the, in, a huge article about the Vermont secession movement. Uh, so hopefully we'll get to that. If not, maybe we'll we'll hit it tomorrow night. But in the meantime, we go to the email box. Michael from Ann Arbor writes in, Guys, I was listening to a recent podcast of your show, and you were arguing how to respond to people who object to the opening of brothels, casinos, etc., in neighborhoods and around their kids in the uh, you know in a more free future where people would be able to do business in those areas. He says, while I agree with Ian, mostly, that zoning laws are bad and should be avoided, there's still possibly an issue with families and brothels in the same neighborhood. There is still, I think, a free market-based solution to the problem. Here in Michigan, there are many houses that have clauses built into the deeds of the property that are not placed there by governments that restrict the house owners from doing specific things, like painting their home certain colors or putting up a certain style fencing, etc. The homeowners buy the property almost always with some sort of neighborhood association in place. Right, knowing this is the ex- deed restriction. Knowing the extent of these rules when they buy the homes and still do so voluntarily. Okay. Implementing a system like this that would prohibit property owners from doing what their neighbors do not want them to do as all the neighbors would have agreed to that set of rules. Making the changes through these sorts of clauses in the deeds of properties would avoid the government telling people what to do with their private property while still allowing persons to buy property with restrictions if they so desired. And I have to agree completely. Sure. That's a deed restriction, and, and you know, usually it's uh, the newer housing uh, developments because we have this sort of problem with older ones. Um, suppose we just, you know, this little neighborhood that uh, you live in, Ian, suppose they decided to put some restrictions on. Um, wouldn't they have to, in order, uh, in your world, um, wouldn't they have to get the agreement of every property owner of course. in the entire? Now, now hold on. Um, you know that some property owners are old and infirm and crazy, right? And mm-hmm. uh, unable to, um, un- unable, unwilling, uh, not available, out of the country, those kind of things, right? Yeah. Um, and getting 100% of people to agree on anything is darn difficult, isn't it? Yep. So basically all houses in existence today that don't have current deed restrictions um, would essentially just be, you know, the property values would uh, spiral down into the crapper. That's nonsense. If, if it doesn't, you don't, that think, doesn't, you don't uh, think a brothel popping up across the street is going to affect your property value? I, I don't know. It might make it more pro- uh, valuable if uh, it's a popular brothel. Look, down in Houston, we know, Mark, we read a very long article a few years ago about Houston being pretty much unzoned. They there don't some, have brothels in Houston. There are some, in, but there are certainly some undesirable-looking places in Houston, okay? Uh, and the fact is, the article told us that in the restricted areas, there are some, uh, some like, suburbs, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that are restricted by sure. zoning. And they found out that in the restricted areas and in the areas with the deed restrictions, the property values were not rising as quickly 
as the unzoned areas. Yes, so that's left true. To the marketplace, Most businesses cannot be run out of a home. Now, you know, certainly some offices. Um, you know, I work out of my home, but you know, no one's ever going to know because nobody comes there. No visits. Um, I suppose you could run a dentist's office or a doctor's office or a lawyer's office out of a home, which would not be, you know, that would sort of be what would happen if zoning went away. Is the people would be able to run businesses like that of their homes? Well, but you can see it around here. Before you go any farther, a doctor's office, dentist's office, those kind of things probably wouldn't diminish terribly the uh, the property value in a given area. But um, brothels are unique because you can do the business out of a bedroom. Mm-hmm. And um, residential value, property values are cheaper than commercial property values, generally speaking. So people will be, uh, business owners, brothel owners, madams, will be incentivized to open up in, in some way yeah. in neighborhoods. Sure. And so they very well could open up across the street. And? And that is going to diminish the value of people's property. How do you property. know that? What? I mean, how do you know that? They're hookers, Ian. Hookers across the street. There's people coming to see the hookers. They're parking all over the place. Well, they can only park on their property. Understand that, Okay, so they pave their front lawn and there's cars all over over their front lawn. You don't think that's going to diminish property values? I don't know. It's more convenient. It sounds really convenient the way you're just going, I don't know, as to what you think. Well, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say I know what property values are going to do, and I don't think you know either. More on the way. I think think that a vast majority of our listeners do. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring out whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features we give away. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just enter through store.freetalklive.com and shop around through our wonderful merchandise. Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats. I see you are wearing the... Color block hat tonight, Mark. Which it's is, called the color block hat? I believe it's what it's called. I don't know yeah. why it's called that. It's got two different colors on it. They don't really look like blocks, but I guess if you're looking at them... Kind of stripes. Way, yeah, more like stripes. Anyway, it, it, looks, it, it, it has that NASCAR feel to me. Um, just, I don't know why, what it like is Like racing about stripes. It. Yeah, yeah sort of. I don't know. It just kind of looks like a NASCAR thing, and I, I dig this particular it's pretty, hat. It's pretty darn spiffy. we got different styles, too, so if you don't like the color block, you can get more of a uh, regular hat in different colors as well. All there at store.freetalklive.com. And if you need movies, lingerie, and marital aids, then head over to adameve.com, and they've got a special offer for you. If you enter through adameve.com slash talk, you'll get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off adameve.com slash talk. 800-259-9231. We're talking about an issue that came up recently on the program about property values, uh, the the free marketplace, and, and what would happen if we just let people do business uh, for instance, out of their homes. Uh, the issue was really more about prostitution and, and selling drugs and gambling, and uh, these things that are consensual crimes right now that uh, we have constantly been arguing to re-legalize. But, Mark, you had said that you support some level of zoning uh, in this matter where the government would step in and decide who can do what uh, well, with their property, which the reason, is unusual because you didn't used to support that. Well, no, no. The reason that I say that is um, we're talking about I don't support zoning in general because the marketplace will take care of zoning. So why can't you just let the marketplace handle this? Because 
um, the government's gone in and screwed it up. Right. And so we need a period of time in order to unscrew things up because everyone who purchases their property in a residential area comes in with the understanding, if not the assent, the understanding that there will be no brothels opened up in their immediate vicinity. And then suddenly, poof. Freedom reigns, and somebody can come in and open a brothel next to my um, next to my house. Is it only because of? Uh, is it only because it's a brothel, or is it because there's cars in the yard? Because that was the only real objection you it's gave: both. is that there be cars in the yard. It's both. Because you can open, you can have parties every night of the week if you want to, and have your yard filled with cars and have music blasting out of your property. It's both. It's an unsavory business, and there will be a lot of traffic. Well, that's your claim that it's an unsavory business. You're right, and it is. Um, it, it is a claim that is shared by the vast majority of the public. I'm not sure about that. Maybe that's probably true. It's it's probably true. So try to keep your credibility, and and let's stay on an even keel here. I'm not going to go and make uh, presumptions about what the public I know credibility is nothing you're worried about. I'm not going to make presumptions about what the public wants and doesn't want. And what I do know is that you said there's a difference that that, uh, commercial property, stuff that's zoned as commercial is usually more expensive. Do you think that might be because it's zoned as commercial, and therefore it's... A little bit more valuable because it's been because sort of propped up by there? the it's been propped up by the government. Um, that yeah, way? yes, that's true in some cases. I mean, obviously, it's location, location, location. No matter what, whether you're talking about residential or commercial property, uh, if you have a commercial business, it's better to be on the big main drag in town. So we don't know really what's going to happen. I mean, if all of a sudden, I mean, we, even without the prostitution issue, Mark, if all of a sudden zoning uh, went away, and there are areas where there's no zoning, even here in New Hampshire. Uh, if zoning went away, then you could open up a, you could start living in your commercial property, or you could start doing business in a residential property, and all kinds of different things might happen to property values. Some might go up, some might go down. They sure will. Uh, you know, that's the risk that you take when it comes to the, to having the freedom to do what you want with your property. And well, this is always when been you're the getting argument. risky. When you're getting risky with other people's equity in their um, property, then they're not going to be very happy. And what you have to do as a person, as an advocate of freedom, is you need to come up with systems that is going to be, it's going to be less risky with other people's wealth. You understand? They have no guarantee to higher property values, Yes, Mark. they do. They have cops with guns. That's their guarantee, my friend. Look right now. My property down in Florida has dropped uh, quite dramatically. A and number as of properties. has everyone else's in Florida. Right. Well, what are, they, what are the cops with guns doing to help them out now? But, Everybody's property is dropping in value, and there's not a damn thing they can do about it. So they have no guarantee to ever-increasing property values. Right. I'm sorry well, about they that. They can't hang. Um, they're trying to hang the uh, banks as though they're the ones that uh, cause the, the, the mortgage bubble. Um, the housing bubble. They're trying to hang them. Do you see how? Do you see how the public's going after the banks and the um, you know m- uh, mortgage brokers and the unfair lending practices? Have you mm-hmm. heard those term- that terminology? They're trying to hang them. They're trying to lynch them. Um, is is all they need is somebody to go after. If you're the brothel owner, they're going to try to hang you. If you're the person who's um, you know making freedom available to the brothel owner, they're going to try to hang you. So what? you need to do is you need to address the concerns. As an advocate of, of liberty, you need to address the concerns of people people and their property values. And that's what I proposed. I proposed an, an addressment of their concerns. That's you propose government force. I propose a small amount of government force um, to counteract the large amount of government force that we currently have. So yes. your government bureaucrats will know exactly what to do to help protect people is what you're saying, right? Um, all I proposed is a region where you can open up your business, and that would that could very well, you know. So screw you, I don't home, see you need, that you home need business. To, you're screwed. 
if your home business is a brothel, a casino, or a pot bar, yes. Huh. But I could sell beer out of my home and that'd be okay? Uh, you know, there's there's a long uh, history of taverns being, hmm. you know, inside of uh, Why is it okay to sell areas? beer but not pot? Wouldn't you say the beer people I would be more rowdy? Yes no. But the, you did say you wanted to ban pot bars. Look, all I'm telling you is that... I'm just trying to figure out the rules here, Mark. We That's have a, all. There are no rules. Well, they're friend. arbitrary. There's a system. Your system's arbitrary. It's based on what you like and what you want to see. Look, do you want to have the liberty to open? Um, do you want people yeah, to have no, that liberty? You know liberty? what I want, Mark, is I want people to come to the understanding that using force on their neighbors is wrong. Good luck with that. Right. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying here. All of this is going to require for us to even get to the point of talking about removing zoning and having these things become a real possibility would require people to start behaving like adults. It would require people to reject the initiation of force, and it would require a massive paradigm shift. If we can get people to shift their paradigm, then none of this will be an issue. So we wouldn't have to really convince anybody. Then they would actually want the liberty. But until people want liberty, we're never going to have it. We can't force people to want liberty. I don't want liberty if it makes me poor, Ian. You're out of your mind. Liberty's not going to make you poor, Mark. You're going to keep all the money that you earn, and you can invest it, save it, and give it what away the way you want. What about the equity in my house? It's not my obligation to protect the equity in your house with I'm government force. I'm not saying force. it's your obligation. You're simply proposing freedom, and I'm telling you I don't want it if it's going to make me poor. Well, if you don't want freedom, Mark, you're not going to have it, okay? You're not ever going to have it. And neither is anyone else. So therefore, you need to come up with systems to address people's concern about liberty. I don't That's need a system. what I'm telling what you. What I need to do is help people understand that using force on their neighbors is wrong, and then let the marketplace decide what system to implement. Yeah. You know, all you're doing is sitting on the high liberty horse. And you go after people that sit on the high liberty horse. You tell them that they're not going to get any progress. And in this area, you haven't stepped down. You're not looking at negotiations. You're not looking at... Uh, I don't negotiate be- with thugs. We go to the phones and talk to <laughs> Matt on the line, on the amp line. Hey, Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? Tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I wanted to tell Mark, this doesn't have much to do with property values. I don't know how the property values, but in the um, in the old neighborhood I used to live in, there was uh, a woman who was a hooker in the house across the street and down the road from me, about a block away. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it. I, I never knew it until my wife pointed it out to me. And uh, I don't even know how she knew. But she she just told me, oh, I just know. Yeah, well, word gets around. That. <laughs> but I had no idea that what was going on. I mean, there was no signs or or anything like that it was to, it, it was just a big old house that was divided into maybe four or five apartments well now to play devil's advocate um you know without zoning there would be no rules about signs either necessarily so she could put up a big sign in her front yard you know come on well, in twenty dollars for a bj then i would have known right then, you know then i might have visited her <laughs> well, I'm not saying that, um, you know, in, in, in the instance where you have one gal who uh, decides to apply her wares in the uh, prostitution arena, you're probably not going to have the same effects as if you do if you have eight gals working in the same, you know, house in inside of a uh, residential area. Now, you know, when I use the term brothel, I think that that indicates more than one hooker in the house. I don't know. That's that's what my intention is. Well, as I said, I don't know what the, whether the property values went up or down because of this. I was renting a townhome, and uh, I I do know that there was a house across the street from me after I moved out that got raided because it turns out that that house was a meth house. Mm. And again, 
I didn't know that was going on. Of course, it might not have been going on when I was living over there. It might have been something that happened after I moved because they were busted about a year or so after I moved out. But the the uh, the most interesting thing about this is I live about two blocks from the high school. So all that was going down uh, within uh, probably a thousand feet of the uh, the high school. Yeah, less than a thousand feet within a, b- a block of the high school. All that so, was happening. So much for their drug free zones, Matt. And, thanks for the yeah, call tonight. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The Sakel CAI toll free line. How will we ever be able to convince people to actually let their neighbors have liberty again? This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you like toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. On the way, the story I mentioned briefly last night about a Department of Children and Families spokesbureaucrat who's now facing some charges that... Might come as a shock to some people. We'll get to that, but first we go to the phones. It's Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Paula, going once. Paula in Florida. I'm here. Hi, Paula. What's Mm -hmm. on your mind? Uh, We have some really good news that came across C-SPAN a while ago. What's that? What was that? Uh, From Russia. Russia said they're going to democracy. They're setting up um, a judicial system. Everybody's going to have equal rights. They said that they're not getting involved in this world conflict. They said the natural resources is what's causing this. And uh, they said their GDP would double by next year. Well, if it's true, if it's true, then good for them. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, it blew me away. Yeah, sounds surprising. um, uh, Did you hear about uh, uh, Egypt? I mean, Israel attacking uh, Gaza again today? No, I didn't hear anything like that. Yeah, it happened this morning, and uh, I'm furious about this. I'll tell you what. Why don't you go over there and sign up? (laughs) I've already called the Egyptian consulate, and and I wrote a note to the U.N., and, uh, because What's your long-distance bill look like, Paula? I have free long-distance. You do? Even to Egypt? Yeah. No, I call the consulate at the U.N. Uh, oh, okay, and they're in anyway, America. Anyway, I told them yeah. I said that Olmert um, uh, and Avigdor Lieberman, they need to be arrested and taken before the world court. Who are they? Olmert leads Israel, and Avigdor Lieberman is in the government, and they, they call us lice. Now, lice? Why, yeah. why bother meddling in the uh, the business of other people's affairs? Why are you trying to... I mean, because I didn't think you were someone people. who was in favor of the I am UN. from Egypt. I come from... I descend from Egypt. Yeah, but I didn't okay. think you would be a UN supporter, Paula. Why are you calling no, them up uh, asking them? No, we need to get the UN out of here. They're but you just trouble. called them today. Well, I, because that's where they're at. The representatives are there. Yeah. I mean, what, what else but is she going to do? Well, the but thing weren't is, you asking this, for the UN to arrest those guys? I... I wrote a note to them, and I also called the Egyptian consulate. I called the Jordan uh, consulate and talked to them, and uh, I told them to go to the Egyptian government and have Omar arrested. So, Paula, and did they, you hear about the head of the Department of Children and Families there in Florida? I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, they murdered my grandchild. Did they really? Yep, they kidnapped him, too. They kidnapped him, then murdered him? Yep. How did that happen? Uh, it's a long story. All right. But anyway, all the representatives know Can about it. Can you give it. us like the 30-second version? Because we don't know Matter anything fact, about it. Matter of fact, the governor tried to get them shut down because he was a friend of the family. My father-in-law no, was a he didn't. At the time. Oh, come on, Paula. You know yeah. you know as well as I do the government didn't try to shut down I, DCF. I said the governor. 
Yeah, the governor, governor whatever. Tried to sh- he wrote a bill. He put the date of when he was kidnapped on it, and he tried to shut him down, and it didn't happen. But anyway, um, all the representatives know about it. All righty. Well, we don't. Thanks for the call tonight. Okay. 800-259-9231. <laughs> this story is from Tallahassee.com. The head of the Department of Children and Families claimed to be horrified and shocked by the arrest of his agency spokesbureaucrat on child pornography charges. Monday. You just about knew that was coming, didn't you? Order to review. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Order to review personnel records for all DCF employees. The Secretary Bob Butterworth and Florida Department of Law Enforcement Commissioner. Really not fond of Bob, Bob Butterworth. You know, even that? back when I was a, a Republican, I would vote against any. I would vote for anyone who was running against Bob Butterworth. Why? Um, he was one of the uh, the sort of reactionary uh, Republicans that caused me to stay in prison longer with their. Uh, you know, uh, rules that got smashed by the uh, Florida Supreme Court. So they, you know, they essentially did stuff that they knew was illegal and in order order to uh, keep this one guy, Donald McDougal, in prison. And as a result, I ended up staying. Well, actually, it looks like this guy did a little bit more than perhaps uh, just possessing child porn. Uh, Apparently, the arrest of Al Zimmerman on eight... uh, He was arrested on eight counts of soliciting two boys for sexual purposes... And I don't think it says how old the boys were, but uh, nonetheless, Butterworth, who fired Zimmerman last Friday, said he sent a message to all department employees urging them to work with your heads held high. That's right, bureaucrats. You're doing something very, very important, stealing people's children from them and taking them into government foster care. I mean, cause that's what this, this uh, organization does. It goes by different names in different states. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, in this case, the Department of Children and Families, the Children's, uh, usually Children Enforcement Bureaucracy of some sort. Mm. Uh, They're typically a government organization that people will call when they want to snitch on a neighbor. Uh, When, for instance, they believe their neighbor might be harming their children, they call the DCF, and the DCF just comes and snatches the children away from the suspected parents. doesn't matter if there's really any evidence. What matters is that someone's made a call, and then it's up to the parents to beg and cajole and plead uh, in front of government courts, in front of the DCF, to try to get their kids back. Really, this is one of the worst of the worst government bureaucracies just destroying families and ruining lives and yet the spokesman all this time had been harboring child pornography and approaching uh, boys for sexual purposes and the the article goes on to say that uh, butterworth said one of the two teenage okay teenagers teenage boys in the zimmerman case had been in the DC, had been in dcf care bailey said there were indications that zimmerman might have met a boy through agency services but both men declined to go into details for fear of giving any information that might identify one of the victims, even by inference. Mm. Representing the Attorney General, the briefing said the FBI had seized Zimmerman's office and home computers to see if he had distributed any child pornography, and that there are indications that at least one victim was met through his job. And the story goes on. But uh, basically, just kind of interesting, huh? There's the people that are supposed to be protecting you actually using their positions of authority to meet boys and well, solicit them for sex and collect child porn. Unfortunately, um, when, you, when you set up a, an organization like this that's uh, slated with the protecting of children, it's going to draw people like this to it. And, you know, there, there you have one of the problems in setting up an organization that has the, the power of government behind it and the, um, the tacit assent of all of us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to protect children. I'm sure that DCF, in some circumstances, does 
the best thing or the right thing or the best thing they can do in, in a given circumstance. But so many times and so many stories, it's just ugly. Ugly. And, I, you know, if we opened up the phone lines and said, please call in with your DCF horror story, we're going to get somebody who's going to call in and it's going to just be shocking the things that they say. It's always sad. Happen. Yeah, it's always foster awful. homes, you know, uh, people getting, you know, ripped out of their families, put in foster homes, raped in these foster homes. It, it, it happens all the time. Now, it doesn't really go into how they ended up catching this guy. I'm not really sure what the the case was was all about. And I kind of would like to know, because as the spokesman, you aren't really doing the uh, the work with the kids. I mean, the spokesman job is, it would seem, the least likely to contact or one of the least likely to actually have contact uh, with the kids, though it seems like he managed to make it work. Uh, nonetheless, it makes you wonder, like you said, Mark, jobs like this, whether they be uh, Department of Children and Families, whether they be you know, Catholic priest, uh, teacher, what else, gym teacher, these, these jobs where you have contact with young people, especially jobs where you have authority in contact with young people, attracts people who are, they, that's what they're into. It, it, it's a position where they can uh, get in touch with the uh, the age group that they're most interested in and have uh, protection, essentially, some level of, of, of shielding uh, from prosecution. So it's not uncommon that things like this happen. It makes you wonder, well, how many of the lower-level DCF bureaucrats also have this similar predilections as uh, as this guy does? And how many of them are being investigated? I mean, probably not very many. And do we want to spend our resources? Does the government should the government be spending its resources investigating itself? Why don't we just shut down DCF instead? How about that? Why don't we just let that happen instead? Shut down DCF. And if it turns out that there are actually parents that are harming their kids, then bring up some charges. I mean, if if they're actually hurting their kids, bring them up on charges instead of just stealing the kids away from them or better yet go and do it yourself because isn't that all the dcf is doing they're just they're just your professional kidnappers that you're you're basically bringing on the scene why don't you go and kidnap the kids i mean if you're that concerned why don't you take the kids from the family if you've got some evidence surely it'd hold up in court surely the kids would be thankful that you took them right why don't yeah. you do it these situations are so touchy and and and, and difficult i I, I don't think most people really like your suggestion. I can't imagine people liking your suggestion. But wait a minute. How long has DCF been around for? I don't know. I mean, did they have DCF in the 1930s or I the 1920s? So. I don't think so. What about the kids back then? How did they ever, ever survive? I, what I, happened back then? I'm sure there were some then? sick, weird circumstances back There's then. There's some sick, weird circumstances today, there including sure this story with a DCF employee that got popped for child porn. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. And this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Take a look at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days? You can without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to FTLdiscount.com. You can read some real testimonials about this cleanse and find out how to order. FTLdiscount.com. All right, so we were just talking about the story out of Florida where it turns out the Department of Children and Families spokes bureaucrat is actually into child pornography and soliciting uh, teenage boys for sex. Now, look, I don't really care. 
if uh, you know he wants to go and I solicit care. teenage boys for sex, then that's his business. Uh, if they want to have sex with him, I think they can choose that. So that's not really an issue for me. But I just find it. I find it ironic that the uh, you know one of the people in this organization that's supposedly dedicated to protecting children happens to have the, <laughs> those interests. Uh, and and as I said before, you know what happened before the Department of Children and Families? How were situations handled uh, when it comes to families possibly abusing their kids? Because that's the reason they're supposed to be out there, right? That's that's, that's the stated reason. Uh, so how was that handled in the back in the good old days? I'd like to know if you know. Obviously, some people in the power structure think that the reason that the organization's there is so that you can solicit young boys for sex. <laughs> uh, yeah, I certainly don't want my taxpayers going for that, so I care in that fashion, Mark. Uh, certainly not interested in paying his uh, his salary every year. But I suggested that people go and uh, if they, if they care so much, if you think your neighbors are abusing their kids and you've got some hard evidence of it. Then take the kids, or or far, form a charity. Let's see, you know, how would this be handled in the absence of DCF? You could form a charity that would go around and steal kids from people, because <laughs> that's what DCF does. Except you'd actually have to have real evidence. You'd actually actually have to have proof, because if the parents decided they wanted their kids back, they'd take you to court. They'd take you to arbitration, and then you'd have to you'd have to make your case. Now, of course, if it's true. And the kids didn't want to go home. Then the kids would say, "Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he beats me." And if the you know the kid can is old enough to make a decision like that, then then that would be the end of the story, and the parents wouldn't get their kids back. So I, I think this would be viable. I think it'd be something that could work uh, in the marketplace, and I think that's what would have to happen because you're not going to get an abusive parent like that to just turn over his kids voluntarily, unless of course you gave him enough money. You know, maybe bottom a few twenty-four packs. That might do the trick. Yeah, it's I, I I doubt it. I don't know. It's it's also sick and weird. Yeah, there may be other options besides kidnapping the kids. Spying off the parents could be an option as well. Uh, so let's let the market decide on this instead of arbitrary bureaucrats. I can see your point. It seems like there would be uh, as many fewer or as many abuses in the system where people could, uh, you know, kidnap other people's children and then take that um, case to to court. Um, as there is now with uh, DCF. I mean, it, it seems like every story I've ever heard that has to do with DCF, it seems like DCF is the criminal, not um, the families. Absolutely. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got a DCF hell story to share with us, uh, you're certainly welcome to do so. In the meantime, Mark, a, a child-related story. This one's an 11-year-old daughter and her mother. What mom give her for a birthday gift? <laughs> uh, well, right here in the title, beer and marijuana. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> An Indiana woman was arrested Wednesday on charges she gave her 11-year-old daughter alcohol and marijuana as a birthday gift, <laughs> according to reports. Davida Fuller, 26, of Anderson, Indiana, has been charged with, the, with one felonious count of contributing to the delinquency of a minor after mm. cops alleged the uh, woman offered beer and pot to her daughter and well, three of her friends. At least they charge her and, with possession. And three of her friends during a birthday party on February the 1st. Um, now, this is an offer of a beer and pot to a daughter, and I'm yeah. not sure what, you know... Like how <laughs> she didn't force her daughter to take it. Well, it's an forget. It's an it's an offer though. I mean, what was how how did the offer occur? Was it like, hey, you know, you kids, it's a good birthday party. How about some beer and pot? You yeah, know, she might have brought out a six it, pack well, and maybe uh, she brought like bringing out the six pack and and the bag and that's something different than saying saying it. I don't know. I, I want to know what what this. Um, Why uh, is it that different? I mean, she's she clearly intended to give speak, her daughter some. 
drugs. I've talked to uh, young kids about, hey, you want to go out to the, um, want to go out to my car? I'll let you drive. Y- you know, I'm kidding. Hmm. But I've offered to allow that child to drive my car because I think it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm joking. Well, the, the rest of the story answers your question. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Okay. You should continue. Okay. Um, Fuller's daughter accepted the, in, accepted the invitation, according to eyewitnesses. <laughs> they saw her tip the alcohol beverage up and saw her inhale what they described as a blunt. Well, it's obvious that she was... Um, I don't know what happened with, with the first offer. That's all I'm saying. So it's not just an offer. It's, it's a, um, she gave it to him. <laughs> um, Fuller told police that she was smoking pot and drinking beer with her adult friends at the party, but denied giving them to her daughter. Um, this is something we will not tolerate," said the, the uh, cop. Yeah, D- Detective Joel Sandifer of the uh, Anderson Police Department. Okay, so but it sounds to me like one of the little girls snitched out this lady. Uh, well, yeah, because how else would this informa- how else would this information have gotten out? Yeah, that, that seems clear. Mom is uh, mom is saying no, that didn't happen. They're making it up. We were just enjoying a little bit of pot and uh, some beer with our friends, mm-hmm. our adult friends at the party. So who do you believe? Do you believe the uh, the little kids? You believe the mom, but it's clear the uh, the sheriff in this case believes the kids and has brought this woman up on a uh, delinquency charge, contributing to the to the delinquency mm-hmm. of a minor. Now, look, uh, you can raise your kids however you want to raise them. As far as I'm concerned, they're your kids, and if you want to raise your kids with uh, with the understanding that smoking some marijuana and drinking some alcohol isn't necessarily a bad thing, and you want to keep them safe and help them experience those things in, in under your own roof, well, I don't see what the, the problem is. And I certainly don't want to pay to put a woman like this in a jail cell, well, because about, that's not going to make her home life any better. What about other people's kids, though? I mean, you send, you send your kid off to a birthday party for an 11-year-old. It's it your seems responsi- like a reasonable expectation. Well, wait a minute. It's your responsibility to know the parents of these uh, y- y- the kid's friends. You've got a kid coming uh, on the way soon, Mark, a young boy, uh, Mm -hmm. Jack. Uh, soon he's going to be getting to the point where he'll be 10 or 11 years old, and he's going to want to go and spend time. In 10 or 11 years, he sure will. Spend time at uh, at friends' houses. And would you, as a parent, just let Jack go? Would you just say, okay, well, Jack comes home and says, I've got a new friend named Mikey, and I'm going to go spend time at his house tonight, Dad. You going to be all right with that, or are you going to want to meet Mikey's parents first? Uh, I, I can see your point. Yeah, I would want to. I would want to meet Mikey's parents um, and talk to them and that kind of thing. But I can tell you that um, you never really know someone, and you know, even a, a couple of meetings with someone, and, and you're, you you don't really know who you're dealing with necessarily. That's true. Um, so, in which case, you need to teach your kid what's right and what's wrong, what you think he should and shouldn't do. Right. Well, I don't think that uh, these little girls likely inhaled very much marijuana because, you know, inma- inhaling marijuana isn't the easiest thing in the world to do. I don't know. Do. They say that they saw her inhale what was described as a blunt. That's well, a lot of damn marijuana. It's quite possible the 11-year-old has uh, <laughs> inhaled marijuana before, you know, the, the little girl. Yeah. Um, has inhaled marijuana before and has had some practice, whereas, you know... <laughs> They don't. These little girls probably don't know how to smoke marijuana and and aren't going to get. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Their first lesson. Well, kids are starting earlier and earlier these days, Mark. That's that's my belief. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you think this woman should be brought up on charges? Are you all in favor of this contributing to the delinquency of a minor charge? I want to hear from someone who's going to defend the cops on this one. Because as far as I'm concerned, it should be the responsibility of the parents to determine where their kids are allowed to go. And if a parent wants to give his kid a beer to drink 
or a joint to smoke, that should be their freedom. It's their kid and it's their house. More on the way. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can bring up whatever you want. And you can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, including the bulletin board system, get interactive with over 2,000 of our listeners and over 300,000 posts. It's all completely free. bbs.freetalklive.com will get you there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you don't have a will or a living trust, you are leaving your family open to all kinds of legal problems in the future. Do your family a favor, do the ones you love a favor, and do yourself a favor. I mean, you want your money to go to the places you want it to go, not to the government. Yuck. LegalZoom.com will help you create a reliable legal document, and you can do it in minutes. Um, You can use code FTL to save 10%. All you have to do is go to LegalZoom.com. You can do wills, living trusts. You can incorporate all kinds of things. And I did it. It's fast and easy. LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Basically what I'm saying here tonight uh, on this issue, again, the story is out of Indiana where a woman has been charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor after the police alleged that she offered beer and marijuana to her 11-year-old daughter at her birthday party. My basic point here very, is very simple. Let's just let families make decisions for themselves as to how to raise their kids. I think it's awfully presumptuous of the police in this case to say, we know what's best for your kids, and what's best is to not give them marijuana. And, you know, they might be right. They might be. It might be a bad idea to give your 11-year-old marijuana to smoke. But at the same time, it's none of my damn business, and I would never presume to tell another person how to raise their kids, what they should be, uh, you know, what belief system they will be inculcating them with, what, uh, what they, uh, the ideas they're putting into their heads. It's all up to them. I might disagree vehemently with it, but I would never force my viewpoint onto them. And that's what these police are doing. They're forcing the viewpoint of saying, pot is bad, and therefore you're going to get in trouble for this little lady. And that's, that's just wrong. It, it, does, it seems wrong to me, too. Um, you know, and I know... I know that uh, the more conservative in the crowd might, you know, be horrified at this, but the question you have to ask yourself is, well, what about, um, you know, there's somebody out there that thinks that giving a cheeseburger to your child's a bad idea. Sure. There's the, you know, the vegans out there think it's a bad idea if you give any animal products to your child. Um, wouldn't what would happen if we gave the vegans the, the power, the power of the state to decide what? Our, we and our children and our families, you know, how we live. Well, currently we've given the uh, the teetotalers, we've given the um, to the tolerant, the temperance people, we've given the 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 no drugs allowed people. We've given them the power to decide, um, you know, what you can do with your kids. I, I honestly, I'm of the opinion that uh, kids are going to learn. Uh, alcohol 
is a part of life. Um, sure Mind-altering substances seem to be a part of life. I don't know what the statistics are, but I would say that you're talking about probably 10% or less of the, of the nation doesn't partake in some kind of mind-altering substance. And I'm not talking about caffeine. I'm talking about alcohol, marijuana, um, you know, something like that. I bet you're right about that, yeah. I, you know, I might, maybe, maybe it's slightly higher, but you can't tell me that if 80% of the population um, partakes of something that it isn't cultural. It's endemic to the culture. Yeah. Mind-altering substances are endemic to our culture. And who better to teach my child, little Jack, how to drink than me? I wish my parents had taught me a thing or two, because I would have probably avoided a lot of trouble as a result of that. And Instead, they taught me just say no uh, when it, came, it comes to these things. And what did I do? I went out and got wasted as a teenager. Uh, in fact, to the point of one point where on my 17th birthday... Instead of my parents offering me a safe place to have some alcohol with some friends, I ended up going to a friend's house in a neighborhood where uh, I didn't know where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, got uh, got wasted, of course, because that's what teenagers do, but that don't understand how to handle alcohol. Uh, got really wasted and ended up on a guy's front porch at 3 in the morning with him pointing a rifle at my face. Uh, I don't remember any of this, by the way. It's just from what I was told. Yeah. I ended up you passing out. take somebody's out. word for it. Right. I ended up passing out in a pool of my own vomit. Woke up to uh, being surrounded by cops and people from an ambulance. It my could have been your came. last night to make mistakes like that. Yeah. You know? uh, my parents came, picked me up, and you know, the next day they had a talk with me. Probably the first real talk ever about uh, about drinking. And of course, I was told again to not do it. And I, I did. I swore it off at that point, and and I really did swear it off at that point because I'd had enough of it at that at that point. But sure. that was my decision. It wasn't. I didn't do it because they told me to. Uh, I did it because I was tired of drinking. Right. You were told. You were told. They told you not to do it previously, and you did do it. You had right. a bad experience, and you decided to stop. Now people can, um, you know, solve that problem differently. I've had experiences not unlike that. I, it wasn't the guy with the gun um, portion, but I certainly got ill from alcohol before, and I think a lot of people did, uh, passed out and, and that kind of thing, and I made decisions to continue drinking. So right. people are going to make different decisions, and I, I'm just, I, I think we really just sort of it's sink or swim out there with our kids, and we wouldn't allow them to sink or swim on any other s- subject. Why is it that this mind-altering substance issue is so taboo? In other cultures, they see adults using, they, you know, they, they, the adults allow children to partake, that Europe, kind of thing. Europe, for instance. Europe, for instance. I'm, I'm even more indigenous cultures. But um, as far as I'm concerned, that's the better parenting. It really is. I, I'm only trying. I'm not trying to shock anybody here. I'm only trying to come up with the best solution. I think that uh, I, I don't know what the numbers are of people that try marijuana, but I'll bet you it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 50% of people try marijuana. 1-800-259-9231 if you want to chime in on this. Are we way off base? Is this cop absolutely right in charging this woman with a uh, contributing to delinquency charge? I say no way. Leave people alone. Let them make their own decisions for their families. This is an outrage. Just yet another outrageous case of one particular group of people enforcing their viewpoint on how to raise kids on others at the point of a gun. And that's despicable. Let's go to the phone calls. Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dennis. Howdy, guys. Hey, Dennis. What's on your mind? So about this Department of Children and Families in the state basically telling parents what to do with yeah. their kids, we, uh, we had a constitutional amendment that we tried to get passed here in New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago. It's, uh, it was a one-liner that basically would have eliminated DCF and a whole lot of other, a whole lot of other bureaucratic uh, positions. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the bureaucrats came out in force to oppose the amendment, but it was mm-hmm. still kind of fun to see 
Just a one-liner, the state shall not abridge the right role responsibility of parents to control the welfare and education of their children. Hmm. Just like that. It sounds um, so so um, innocuous. It sounds like, can you imagine? No one would want to abridge parents' right to control their... Well, re, one more time, rattle it off. The state shall not abridge the right role responsibility of parents to control the welfare and education of their children. Who could disagree with that? Well, apparently the bureaucrats do. <laughs> yeah. The bureaucrat, oh, yeah, the bureaucrats were like, this will harm children. Yeah, it was it was great. Well, they, they know what's best, Dennis. Hey, you were talking about the uh, the guy that went nuts and started shooting because he couldn't figure out any way to... Well, he went nuts, right? Yeah, yeah it was the first hour of the show. The uh, guy that uh, went into a city council meeting last night and executed two cops and three uh, city uh, bureaucrats, basically two counselors and one of the uh, planning bureaucrats. And so he had felt like he was out of a, options. He'd gone through the court system and that didn't work. And That's correct. Whole, so, so there was another bill that was up just last week that would have reinstated the... Um, what they call the, the right of a, of a citizen to petition for redress of grievances. And the idea is you can go to the legislature to get whatever your problem is resolved instead of going to the court. That's what the good theory. would that do? Well, the theory is that the legislature, there's a whole bunch of reasons why that would do good, but one of them that came out over and over again when the public came out to talk about this bill, it was person after person after person saying, yeah, I... I tried to go through the courts, and it's completely corrupt. Yeah. Um, you know, it costs so much money, and at the end, you know, it really is corrupt. The judge didn't give a flip about my situation. He sided with the bureaucrats. He's a bureaucrat. Person after person after person, and the theory is that the, the legislature could hear these things and do whatever, maybe remove a judge, because they do have that power. Um, hmm. You know, cha- basically change things that are that are in their constitutional power. And that one, I'd say, has a, has a chance of going through. We, we do have the possibility of, of getting that one enacted, which would be pretty cool. Well, that would also mean Sounds the legislature would spend more of its time hearing uh, grievances rather than passing new laws as well? That was the biggest fear of the legislators. Oh, my God, we're going to have to listen to these people. I'm definitely in favor of it, yeah, then. Can, can you imagine uh, the legislators actually happen to listen to the people that uh, they represent? Hey, Dennis, thanks for the call tonight. Keep up the good work. Dennis, uh, one of the guys behind the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance uh, group doing a lot of really interesting and effective work here in New Hampshire. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. Uh, Marijuana changed my life, says the email. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. Doesn't matter what you're buying. It could be something from their gourmet grocery section. Uh, It could be something from their electronics section. 41 categories to shop in. New, used items even. A percentage will go to Free Talk Live if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com. So get your shopping done. Talking about uh, a lady in Indiana that gave her 11-year-old daughter marijuana and beer, or presumably beer. I dispute that title. Alcohol. Oh, a lady? Yeah. Female? Who uh, gave her daughter those things for her 11th birthday, and the cops got wind of it somehow, and now the woman's being brought up on charges, as though that's going to make her home life better, as though that's going to solve whatever problems that have been perceived to be with this particular family 
that spending time in jail, being taken away from your kids, is going to somehow improve their lot in life? Getting charged with a crime that's going to mar your record for the rest of your life, preventing you perhaps from getting a a new job that you might have been looking at getting, that's going to help? This doesn't help people. It's just barbaric. Arresting people and charging them with crimes for giving their kids something you might disagree with? What about, a, what about a parent that gives a kid a porno magazine, a Playboy or something? Is that also contributing to the delinquency of a minor, or does it only have to do with, uh, with alcohol and drugs? I don't know what the rules are um, as far as giving magazines or uh, you know, those kind of things to, to kids. I can tell you that kids are finding them. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can't tell you how old I was, but it seems like about somewhere between six, seven, thereabouts. Uh, Elementary school for sure is when I... Encountered my first nudie magazine. Yeah, you know, some kid around the street, uh, you know, down down the street, located one probably from an older brother or something like that, and we ran off to the tree fort to take a look. Where does the contributing start when it comes to that? Is it contributing if you give the Playboy to your uh, to your son, or is it contributing if you just have a stack of them in your room and leave your door unlocked? I can tell you that if you make uh, the rule giving. Um, that, in fact, if you leave your door unlocked um, and they find it, that somebody will get charged for that, mm-hmm. and they will go to they will get whatever punishment there is. I met a guy in prison who claimed i 'm not saying that I believe him he claimed that that was what he was in for giving a uh, magazine to his kids yeah like uh, it was it was some it was his girlfriends <laughs> or whatever kids and wow, I guess they found them, and then he sort of allowed them to look or explain some things or yeah. tried to be a good you know, bro model in to some be up way front. or other. Yeah. To be upfront about it. And that's all I'm talking about here is I, I believe that a parent that allows her, their children, that, that helps instruct their children as to what all this stuff is about, this adult stuff, that inevitably they're going to come across because you can, you can try to shield your kids as much as you want. Inevitably, they are going to come across the opportunity to drink. They're going to come across yes, the opportunity are. to look at porn. If, and they're going to look as not, not as kids. Even if they, it's not as kids, then what are, they, what are they prepared for as adults? Isn't that our job as parents is to prepare kids for their lives as I adults? Was, I was completely unprepared. Completely unprepared because all I was told was just say no. Now my parents did some things right with me. That's for darn sure. They, you know, they raised me right when it comes to saving money and respecting money and all that. Sure. And I appreciate that from them. And but my they parent can be, uh, you know, entirely complete. And yeah, they did me no favors when it came to uh, the world of alcohol. It's a tough, it's a tough issue to, I, to address. I had to learn responsible drinking on my own, and I had to learn it the hard way. And it would have been so much so better. Everybody does essentially, and that's that's what's so everybody crazy. except the parents that contribute to the delinquency of their kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ludicrous. Anyway, let me change to an email here since it's related from Joshua. He says, It all began several years ago in November, one rainy day at my local high school. It was an outdoor campus with several buildings and a big courtyard between them. In between classes, everyone would stand in their little groups, naturally formed by cultures and subcultures. These are what the groups are these days, Mark, because uh, they change, I guess, a little bit over time. I am interested in this. Right. I, I just want to hear the names. Emos. Okay, goths. Now, now e- emos and goths are pretty similar uh, sort of things, aren't they? Apparently dissimilar enough to have their own separate groups at the, this high school. Okay. Uh, emos, goths, gangsters, jocks, anime nerds, video game nerds, etc. 
I was what people called a floater. I just kind of drifted between various groups, and I had friends in most of them except for the goths and the gangsters. The goths were too boring to talk to. All they talked about were their favorite bands and why their parents sucked. And the gangsters wore their tall tees and sagging pants and $80 shoes, which I simply could not identify with nor show any respect for. Plus, I'm white, and for whatever reason, the would-be gangsters didn't take kindly to normally dressed white guys. Anyway, I didn't do any drugs, and I had little respect for people who did. Looking back, the reason for this kind of thinking was probably years and years of propaganda fed to me from above. I was part of the D.A.R.E. generation. Throughout school, I was told that LSD would fry my brain, and marijuana would make me get addicted to hard drugs and kill me. I was told that drug users are idiots, and I actually bought it. I avoided drugs, but I did drink alcohol, which, by the way, is a drug, even though I separated it from drugs earlier. It was a mistake. Because I did not believe it was a drug. One day, an old friend called me up and invited me to a little get-together with his buddies. At the apartment, they set up a beer pong table, and I played a few rounds. They gave me a nice big bottle of vodka to drink, and I went at it like a madman. Everything went foggy, and I woke up in a puddle of my own vomit and saliva on the hard kitchen floor. It was then I realized that alcohol is, in fact, a drug. Later that day, I did some of my own research about drugs for the first time. It was then that I realized I'd been lied to. Marijuana is not a gateway drug. In fact, the government's own Institute of Medicine study from 1999 concluded that, uh, and, of course, that was swept under the rug. Marijuana does not kill your brain cells. In fact, recent studies have shown that it might actually uh, help them grow. Marijuana is not addictive. Marijuana hasn't even been proven to cause cancer. At about this time, I made an educated and well-informed decision to start smoking pot as soon as possible. It was easy. I knew a few people who smoked pot, and I told them I wanted to try it. They were happy about this. Stoners love new recruits. They took me over to their buddy's house, and we all began the ritual out back. My friend took a hit off the bong and passed it to me. I never smoked a bong before, but I knew how they worked and saw people smoke them before, so I was ready for that. What I wasn't ready for was the harshness of the smoke. It wasn't like a cigarette at all. It tasted different, and it was a lot more rough, mainly because my lungs weren't used to something as large as a bong hit. I coughed it all up, and they laughed, but I continued smoking. Eventually, we all got high, and I felt fantastic. We went back inside after a few more bong hits and listened to The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. The music sounded amazing. It was like listening to it for the first time all over again. Months after this, I was messaged online by a friend from high school. We talked, and I found out that he was, in fact, a stoner and wanted me to smoke with him. Normally, I didn't like meeting high school friends in normal life, but the thought of smoking with my buddy from class sounded great, so I agreed. I began smoking with him almost every day, and we got to know each other and became better friends. It kept happening like this. Friends from high school became friends in real life, and it was great. I also found out that stoner girls are much more interesting to talk to than all the dumb drunk girls that I met at parties. Yeah, girls that'll have sex are more interesting. All these social barriers were torn... I'm pretty sure the drunk girls will have sex too, Mark. Okay. Uh, All these social barriers were torn down by weed. Today I'm a stoner and I'm loving every minute of it. I smoke pot every day and I'm happier than I've ever been in my entire life. Now, the cynic might look at that email and say, Well, he's just trying to escape from reality. He just wants to, uh, to, he's doing these drugs so he can feel happy, even though he's really not. That's what the cynic would say in this case. Well, I mean, happiness by its definition, um, you know, it it occurs from happenings. Um, I suppose you can have serenity in your life or, um, you know, you can have a certain level of bliss or something like that. But happiness is from occurrences. And and yeah, so doing this does make him happy. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, Is it the, the highest and best use of his time in life? 
Uh, I don't think so, but yeah, you know, I can't say I've never smoked pot, and I can't say that I've, you know, my life has uh, suffered terribly from marijuana at any point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not a guy who's out there advocating the use of marijuana, and it doesn't sound like he got the very, uh, you, you know, if, if somebody's going to smoke marijuana, I guess, um, you know, I want to see those people be people that are really benefit from it. It sounds like he's gotten some benefit, but, you know, friends from high school are now friends in real life. I don't know. Well, he's he's you know he's I think he's just fresh out of high school basically, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure he is necessarily even out of high school. That may it may be the case. Either way, he feels like it's been beneficial to him. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to share that story as a, a story of a of an example of somebody who has taken to smoking marijuana and it hasn't ruined their lives. In fact, you know what was really the turning point for me, Mark, beyond uh, just trying it myself and finding out that it wasn't the evil drug that they told me that it was going to be in, in school? I think the most uh, the biggest turning point for me had to be my mentor in the radio business uh, when I actually saw that a successful person could use marijuana. I think that was the, the big moment for me where I finally realized that, you know what, this isn't what they told me it was yeah uh that uh, you can be successful in life you can uh have all the things that you need in life and still partake in marijuana and it won't bring you down it won't ruin anything it's just it like like a few beers at night after work a joint after work is the same damn thing it's just a way to relax it's just a way to take a little burden off hour number three is coming up you can take control our archives website and podcast will continue to stay free but if you think other people deserve to hear this show Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. As we launch an hour number three of the program, that is uh, the number for you to bring up anything. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we are talking about uh, drugs, talking about parenting. And how just say no might be the wrong thing to teach your kids. Doesn't when it comes seem like to, the right thing to me. Right. When it comes to drugs, uh, alcohol, I'm including alcohol in the uh, the term drugs there, drugs and alcohol, though that's usually what people say, uh, because they're all, you know, potentially dangerous. And if we aren't teaching our kids how to handle them safely, if we aren't being honest, if uh, people aren't, parents aren't being honest with their kids, then inevitably there are going, there's going to come a time, maybe you'll get lucky and it won't happen to your kids, but uh, inevitably, there's going to come a time where they're going to be given the opportunity to try these things, and they might just do them in a very unsafe manner. And they might um, sort of end up not believing you in your parenting role. Yeah. Um, that could do some serious credibility damage. It really can. You know, if you say drugs are bad, uh, pot will make you crazy, you know, whatever it is that yeah. you, you come up with, you know, it can, it can shoot credibility down. I'd have to say that's the gateway more than anything else, Mark, from my life's experience at least, yeah. and, and I'd love to hear from you at, uh, and on what your experience was like, 1-800-259-9231. I'd have to say that was the gateway effect, because what, I, what ended up happening, it wasn't that, wasn't that when I smoked marijuana, I immediately wanted to run out and do other drugs. In fact, for the longest time, I didn't. Uh, for the longest time, I always said, no, I don't want to do other drugs because marijuana's natural, and those other drugs are not natural, so I don't want to do that stuff. 
So marijuana wasn't a gateway drug at all. Uh, but I think what the gateway was was finding out that I'd been lied to, was finding out that what they had told me about marijuana was wrong, that it was misinformation. And likely your parents don't know a great deal about marijuana. I don't know. Oh, I know for a fact. Okay. My dad used to have hair that was like okay. down to his okay. waist. Uh, my dad was my born mother in... doesn't know a darn thing about marijuana. Yeah, my dad was born in 1950. That would have made him about 19 years old when uh, you know the hippie movement was peaking in 1969. Seems like a reasonable assumption. So uh, yeah, he has he definitely knew something about it. It just never was discussed. Probably because of my mother's influence. It uh, was never discussed at home. And so I think what the gateway effect was, was that I found out when I smoked marijuana that I'd been lied to. And immediately, maybe not immediately, but eventually I came to understand that uh, they must have lied about the other things, too. And, well, what other things out there? Why is it that the government doesn't want people to do these things? What is it about these other drugs? Uh, mushrooms, for instance. Uh, LSD, whatever. Why is it that uh, ecstasy? Why is it that the government wants to prohibit this? Is there something more to it than it's just bad? Maybe there is something more to it, and so I, I ended up exploring the other ones as well. Not all of them. I've never done. I've never done meth. I've never done cocaine, heroin, the the hardest of the hard drugs. I I have no interest in that. Uh, but eventually, you start hearing things when you hang around the drug culture. I think that's another factor, because when you do mar- when you do marijuana, you're inevitably going to be around other people that are also marijuana users, that are also more likely, perhaps, to be using other drugs, and they'll start telling you things about them. They'll start telling you the things you didn't learn in D.A.R.E. class, mm-hmm. and it makes you more curious, and, and you want to know what it's all and about. And the things that these people are telling aren't necessarily so. I mean, do you really want a uh, stoned a 17-year-old telling your kids the truth about marijuana, the truth about LSD or you know at the, the facts, his interpretation let's call it let's call it facts about uh, marijuana and facts about LSD and um not to say that they are in fact facts they're just the beliefs of this stoned 16-year-old mm-hmm. I, no that is not the person I want uh, teaching my kid do I think there's a, a, a an end to this I absolutely do um I you know, as far as uh, teaching my kid about alcohol, I fully intend to, you know, do that. As far as teaching my kid about marijuana, I'm a little on the fence. Um, as far as teaching my kid about LSD, send I'll him talk over to here. I'll him. teach him about it. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> <laughs> about us, uh, teaching my kid about LSD? No, thanks. I don't intend to do that. I intend to tell them about it and tell them about my experiences um, and give them some horror stories. But I don't really consider marijuana to be dangerous. I can tell you that my wife would not, uh, you know, think it's a good idea um, for me to, you know, be around while my kid smokes pot or something like that. But well, she's she's indoctrinated. I mean, I, I like your wife and everything. Mm-hmm. She's a nice lady, uh, but she was a drug counselor for a long time. Sure. So she's Pops she's bad. Got, she's gotten quite the brunt of the propaganda, I imagine. Yeah. And has I she ever smoked it? She she has. She said she didn't get any effect. And uh, that's what a lot of people say. The first time they uh, they try marijuana, I didn't the first time. Yeah, a lot of people they either I I believe it's just because they don't know what they're doing. Uh, I, I don't but know. it may be something else. I don't know. I knew uh, how to smoke cigarettes, I can tell you that. Yeah, some some people, uh, you know, it takes them a few tries. Well, anyway, I uh, would love to have your thoughts here. Let's go and screen to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Siggy. Siggy. Hi, guys. What's hey, on Siggy. your mind tonight? Yeah, um, first of all, I just want to comment on your, that story um, about drugs. Um, have you heard about Dubai's drug laws? Dubai? Yeah. No, I guess I haven't heard anything about that. I, I actually know they've got tall buildings. Yeah, I've got a Dubai story right in front of me, as a matter of fact. It's about a guy who was found with a speck of marijuana on his shoe. Yep. He's facing a four-year um, sentence. 
And, yeah, he uh, sure is. He's been sentenced I, I also, to it. I also want to say, um, what inspired me to take um, to chase the dragon? What's the dragon? Um, smoke opium. Opium. Okay. Yeah. Was Alice in Wonderland. Really? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. There is there is a book completely written by someone who was real high. Yeah, it, um, it, it does. Sort of, <laughs> it does sort of seem that way. Um, also, um, I have um, some news. We're um, very early stages, but there's a, there is a talk among libertarians here of a free state project um, UK. Hmm. Really? I know there was a free state Europe idea floating around out there at one point. I don't know what, whatever became of it. But uh, I say go for it. No, I say uh, what I say is um, you know sign up for the Free State Project here, and I'm not saying not try don't try something there, but sign up for the, this one here, and some of you'll get managed to get here, and some of you won't. But at the very least, I think that trying to get here, you know, well, it'll it'll increase these numbers, and it's hard enough um, diluting the process. Anyways, I was going to suggest if anybody um, is interested who's listening to the show in the UK. Check out the Open Liberty Alliance and a guy called Ed Joyce. He's, he's quite interested in the idea. Cool. Very good, Ziggy. Thanks for the call tonight. I'll try, I'll try to get to the, the, uh, the Dubai story if we get a chance. I've got it right here. Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. Julia is joining us a little late in the evening, but uh, better late than never. Hello there. All right. We, uh, as you heard when you were coming in, are talking about the uh, the drug situation when it comes to parents and the just say no mentality. Uh, the, the, many of the lies that are told that kids find out, you know, down the line that they just weren't true, and and how that affects uh, young people, and and what the right way to raise kids uh, would be. Now, Julia, uh, that's actually one of the only reasons I've ever wanted children. So you could get them high. No. <laughs> no. What do you mean? When I weigh out the pros and cons, at least at this point in my life of having children, I one of the pros, one of the only pros that I could ever think of was it bothered the way my mother and father raised me, the things that they didn't tell me and were afraid to talk about always really bothered me. And my mom is convinced that you can't, you just can't have an honest relationship with your kid. If you tell your kid that pot's not so bad, man, you are in a world of trouble. And I, I just like nonsense. to prove her wrong. Yeah, that's nonsense. Uh, and it, and it's just not from my experience. As I said before, my turning point, biggest turning point, had to be when I found out that my mentor uh, smoked marijuana. My mentor in the radio business, Bob Garrett. He's still on the air today. He's you know successful guy. He hosts a morning show today. Uh, and in fact, he's even quit drinking, as a matter of fact, uh, because it was drinking was harming his life. And in, in a, in it's, a, it's more harmful for you than marijuana, from what I can tell, in a very tangible way. And I was even shocked at one point. Not only did I find out that he smoked marijuana, but at one point, it was, he did the uh, the evening shift. And after he got off the air in the radio business, they usually have you, you know, wearing a several hats. Mm-hmm. And so what he would do after he got off the air was do some production work, which is that means he would go into a different studio and he would uh, have assignments from the sales department and they would say, okay, well, we need you to read this advertisement for so-and-so and record it into the system. And he would go out and get high before he would do his production work. Hmm. Now, he wouldn't do it before he went on the air, but he'd do it before production. And I asked him, why do you do that, Bob? Because, you know, I still sort of inculcated in my anti-drug uh, propaganda. And he said it just helped him. He felt it helped him be a little bit more creative in the production studio. And I was just, I was dumbfounded by this at the time. More on the way. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, so enjoy those. Uh, including the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you. Freetalklive.com. Movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Then, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at AdamEve.com slash talk. We're talking about uh, drugs and uh, young people in America, lies the government tells, parenting, a, a whole variety of things here. In fact, we got an email about psilocybin mushrooms uh, here in a moment. But first, we go to the phones and talk to Jeff calling from Cincinnati. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing? Hey, doing great, Jeff. Uh, do you know what station you're listening to, per chance? Uh, no, I don't. I actually lost reception there a few minutes ago. Oh, okay. All right, because just curious, it sounded like uh, an unknown station to us. But anyway, what were you calling about tonight? Well, I'm calling about, I agree 100% that we shouldn't teach our kids to just say no. Because obviously that's just going to pique their curiosity, and inevitably they're going to they're gonna smoke marijuana anyway. What I don't agree with is um, you had mentioned a case about a parent giving their 11-year-old, I believe, beer and marijuana at their birthday party. Yeah. I think at some point you have to draw the line at age. An 11-year-old hasn't, hasn't had the life experience to be able to decide whether or not that's something that they want to do. I mean, they're not even in high school yet at that age, and you could be, you know, you could be teaching them something that later on down the road they're going to say, man, I wish I never got into that in the first place. So I think that, and I mean, I smoke marijuana, and I didn't start until I was, 18 actually okay and i made that choice on my own had nothing to do with my parents i just think it at a certain age you know and i don't know what that age is maybe right now jeff let me let's let's explore it just just for a second shall we um now i'm let's not address the fact that this woman uh gave uh three of the her daughter's friends marijuana and alcohol at this birthday party let's simply address that she gave her daughter uh marijuana and alcohol at 11 years old on her 11th birthday now, what yep. age do you think that uh, kids start getting? Um, well, first off, before you go on, um, we go on that. Which is more dangerous, alcohol or marijuana? I think alcohol. Okay, alcohol is more dangerous than marijuana. At what age do kids in Europe start getting wine with meals, and parents start addressing, you know, wine with kids um, in Europe? Pretty, pretty young, younger than in Western civilization, for sure. Okay, so like four, five, six. Uh, I don't know about that. When Young, they can I'm start sure, hold, really, when they can start holding a fork. Sure. That, that's that's pretty accurate. So there we have um kids in Europe being uh you know introduced to it's, it's diluted alcohol. It's not it ain't, it ain't Jack Daniels. It's wine or something. Right. But they're being introduced to alcohol at ages as young as 5 and 6 years old, but you just said that alcohol was more dangerous than marijuana. So, I mean in Jamaica well, um, at church, young girls and boys smoke marijuana in Jamaica. In some, that same some, age range. Yes. Well, having said that, too, and going back to the example you said about, about Europe, that's more of a cultural thing. I mean, it, I don't think it has to do with getting drunk so much as it's a, it's a custom. It's, you know, drinking wine with meals mm-hmm. is an accepted thing there. I think in the Western world it's a little bit different when... 
you know, when you've got a mother giving a kid marijuana and, and beer at a party, you know, you're basically making a choice for them that I don't think that they're ready to make at that point. Not- and believe me, I'm, I'm actually all for marijuana. I'm actually from Canada, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm for legalization of marijuana. However, I-, I think that at a certain age, you know, you, you can make that decision, but at a, at a certain age, you're not capable of making that decision. Your parents shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be aiding in that decision at that point. Well, I was just going to say not necessarily only because I don't, if I'd smoked marijuana at age 11, I wouldn't like it. I would probably not smoke it again for many years because I'd be coughing and I wouldn't, I wouldn't appreciate the taste. Um, so to me, giving me marijuana at 11 would have been pretty much meaningless. Okay. Jeff, here's what I'd like to know from you. What do you propose? I mean, you're saying that you think there should be an age. What do you propose? Well, I think that it's important that parents inform their kids. You know, don't, I, I agree 100%. Don't say just say no. Um, I think that you, you know, you educate them about it, and you say, you know, when you get to, and this is the question, is the age, a certain age, then go ahead and make the decision, but don't provide it for them. I well, think that that's so what's, what are you proposing as far as a punishment? Let's say I disagree with you and that I have kids, and I believe that the best way to educate my kids about marijuana is to allow them to experience it. Uh, what are you going to do to me? Well, well, let me answer that first by saying, what if it was cigarettes? I mean, what if? I mean, that, that's a health risk. You're putting your your children at risk. Of I'll go back to what Mark said earlier. What of uh, what about the people that uh, that say that eating cheeseburgers is unhealthy? I mean, should we be preventing parents from buying their kids uh, su- sugary cereals and cheeseburgers? Well, I mean, yeah. Then you're getting into uh, where do you draw the line? Well, with, you see, this is a slippery slope, isn't it, Jeff? I mean, this is a very dangerous slippery slope because it's not going to be you or I that draws the line, right? It's going to be government bureaucrats that are going to be making these decisions, and that's who is making the decisions and today. I'd say most people would not give their 11-year-old right. beer. I agree it's a with very, you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I would give my 11-year-old beer. I don't think maybe marijuana. I'm not sure. I honestly don't have children, but I don't think it's a common case. I think most people would agree with you, Jeff. Would you say, Jeff, though, that there, uh, the, the children's lives aren't made any better by arresting and punishing the parent for this? I agree 100%. They're, not, they're definitely not made any better. Um, but another thing is we're also teaching our kids, if, if we are to say, okay, go ahead and, and drink beer and smoke marijuana. We're teaching them to be selective in the laws that they choose to abide by. That's what I would teach my kids. Right, but everybody's going to grow up at a certain point and, and say, you know, they're going to weigh the pros and cons and make their own decisions as to what laws they're going to abide by. However, mm-hmm. I don't think that at that age you should be teaching kids to, to be selective in that respect. Why not? Well... It's too young. I just don't think they have the life experience to have. Do you have kids? Really, no. I mean, it's, it's the patient. It's the parents making a decision. No, I don't have kids. I don't have I kids don't. either. Okay. Now, in fact, none of us in this room do. Mark's going to have one soon. Uh, but uh, but I don't have kids either. But I do know that from what I've seen, I think a lot of parents and a lot of people, adults in general, tend to look down on kids as though they're in uh, they're they're inferior to them. And certainly, in some ways, they are uh, mentally. They're just not as well developed. But I think they don't give kids as much credit as they deserve. And I think kids can make a lot more decisions than people realize that they can. Especially well, if I don't you treat adults, them like they can. I don't think adults can make very good decisions. Either. <laughs> I agree. So therefore, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. But also, you know, when I was 10 years old, if I had my way, 
and my parents didn't say no, I probably would have a tattoo of a Bon Jovi album cover on my arm right now. You are from <laughs> Canada, looking, after all. <laughs> uh, now, looking back, I'm, I'm glad that they said no to that, and I think that if, if you relate that to marijuana or alcohol or whatever you want to, whatever vice, if you want to call it a vice, um, you want to relate it to, I'm sure there would be a lot of, of kids that if their parents had just let them do as they please at a young age, a lot of those are going to grow up and look back and say, man, I wish my parents would have been a little bit more... I agree. I just don't think we should. I just don't think we should uh, throw parents in jail for yeah. making decisions other than my own. Right. In, I, that, in that area, parents are always going to make decisions we disagree with, and they're going to raise their kids in ways that we wouldn't do. But freedom is all about letting them do that. Thanks for the call, Jeff. More on the Thank way. You. This is Free Thank Talk you. Live. Mark has managed to secure for us a big advertiser for Valentine's Day. It's the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. We'd like to keep them on board for next year, but in order to do that, we need to sell some bears. Good thing they start at just $49 at VermontTeddyBear.com. Show her you know her with a personalized teddy bear from VermontTeddyBear.com. Don't forget to tell them you heard about it on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com. And you can create, uh, you can edit. It's like the listener editable version of our website. It's free, of course, wiki.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest's mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. 1-800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. Talk to Tony in San Francisco. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tony. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, drugs. Drugs are literally on your mind tonight, or you just want no, to talk no, about No, no, I'm it? not on drugs. <laughs> it's a good conversation. I, I don't know if I caught everything. So it sounds like uh, someone gave their uh, uh, 11-year-old daughter and the friends drugs. Yeah, they gave them some marijuana and some alcohol at a party, and uh, then they were brought up on contributing to a delinquency of a minor charges. Well... You know, I think my only comment on that would be that apparently this mother was not aware that we live in a police state. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I guess my uh, another comment I'd have on that is that uh, the government has done a great job of uh, sidetracking us from the real issue. You know, uh, we're, you know, we're debating as to whether uh, you know drugs are good or bad or not. That's almost irrelevant. Um, because I, I think if you left that to the freedom of people, uh, especially parents, to decide uh, what they would want to give their kids or not, um, you know, it, but it sidetracks people from the issue that uh, that uh, there's allegations that the government is are the ones actually shipping the drugs in, and maybe that's why they want the drugs to be illegal so that they could make the money off of it. Yeah, that's and I'm going off of uh, things. You know, there was a news report I just read today that. Three planes captured, uh, you know, with connections to the CIA, and uh, there was another one. Uh, Yucatan uh, uh, plane got sh- uh, what ran out of gas or something, and it was a CIA airplane. It's difficult to know whether. I mean, certainly some government officials are involved in drugs. We, we they get caught all the time, and um, it's difficult to know whether the government itself, the CIA itself, is uh, involved in it or not. But or if it's just the individual, it could very well be. 
And none of these allegations would ever, uh, you know, mean anything because the people that are against drugs say, you know, they just block that off in their minds. They say, nah, phooey, the CIA would never do that. Drugs are bad. And, the, you know, the government is good. You know, they block that off. But this wouldn't be an issue if we would allow Americans to make decisions uh, about what they put on their bodies. Well, I agree with you. You know, and uh, by the way, I was over in uh, Europe this summer, and, and one of the countries I visited was France, mm-hmm. and uh, there were 14-year-olds in the bar mm-hmm. uh, drinking uh, beer and little cups of uh, cappuccino and yep. stuff like that. With the you rest mean of the, the world people. didn't catch on fire? That's right. Were yeah. they stumbling around like idiots? Yeah, were they S-faced? No, no, they no, weren't. Of course they, they, were weren't. Just, uh, they, they were like uh, the rest of the adults. Wow, that's you know, amazing. They weren't when bouncing you... all up and down the walls or anything like that. When you treat children like adults instead of children, it's just amazing what the results are. That's right. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Tony. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It really does make you wonder sometimes about the government people and their motivations to continue this war on drugs. I think it's a a combination of things. I think Tony was certainly onto something when he pointed out that uh, certainly there's been evidence that continues to come out uh, about government uh, bureaucrats in in, in high-level organizations like the CIA being involved in running drugs. Certainly, there's uh, there's good evidence for that. I think there's uh, there are a variety of different answers, though. I think one is that there are the true believers. There are those that really believe that drugs are bad, and it's their job to eradicate them from the world. And I think I think the true believers are probably in the minority. However, I think most of them are probably, if they're not moving the drugs themselves, they like getting the money. To fight the drug war, they like that, and they like the adrenaline rushes they get, especially the SWAT teams and the cops. They really like the uh, adrenaline boost they get from going after drug dealers and raiding people's homes. So there's that factor. And, of course, the, again, the police chiefs love having that federal drug money come in. So, and then there is the uh, the corruption issue where you actually have cops selling drugs and, and dealing drugs. And it's not just the CIA. It's also the local, uh, the street cops. It's the sheriffs. So the problem is spread all over the place. It's not just the federal government. It's also your local sheriff as well. He needs to be questioned, uh, too, uh, as far as his allegiances. And it really it's interesting, too, because when a drug legalization, like a, a ballot initiative, for instance, comes up, or uh, a, a piece of legislation to re-legalize something like marijuana, something arguably all near, nearly harmless uh, comes up. The police chiefs are the one that come out, the ones that come out, the uh, Pol- Association of Police Chiefs here in New Hampshire, for instance, recently uh, they sent their chief, the head of the organization, to testify against a marijuana decriminalization bill. And he brought out all the old propaganda about marijuana as to why this shouldn't happen, and uh, it's you know this is a terrible idea, and and it really it's just nonsense because the police they love to claim that well we only enforce the laws that's all we're doing we're just following orders but that's nonsense because when a relegalization effort comes up it's the police chiefs that are fighting against it so they're not just enforcing the laws they're, they're using their political weight to yeah, right. try to make the laws and and keep bad laws around exactly in fact this particular police chief was actually sort of hemming around the issue of possibly bringing back alcohol prohibition oh, simply be, simply because it would have been consistent with his position right 
that government knows best and government should control these things. And so, no, the police aren't just enforcing the laws. They're actively looking to, you know, the, to curry favor uh, for the laws and to keep the laws around so they can keep their police bureaucracy going at full speed ahead and continue ca- uh, raking in the federal dollars to fight the war on drugs and continue filling jail cells full of innocent people that have never harmed another person in their lives. These people, they're either corrupt or they're just sickly addicted to the money. I think that's a form of corruption, too. Either way, it's disgusting. And they, it's easy to give tickets for drugs, especially marijuana with the drug dogs and, and the, the oh, yeah. fact that they can search your car, call it the drug dogs, and, and they it scares people. Um, they don't have to do things if they spend their time mostly catching drugs and they say make claims like, we've cut drug use down 10% this year or whatever they say. They don't have to catch murderers, solve... Uh, I mean, have you ever gotten something stolen? The yeah, police they're not, they're do not, not very find good. it. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. I mean, they fill out a report. And that's it. You'll never see your stuff. You have if a, they do find it, it's been destroyed. You know, yeah. just essentially, if something's been stolen, the cops almost, almost never... Find, um, you know, find it and find it in the the shape that it uh, was previously. And if they do, it's it's a essentially a fluke. Well, you're uh, right. And if we had the, if I'm sure that police join up to do police work, I'm sure that that's the reason Most they get involved. Some yeah, of them the, do. The, a lot of them um, that they want to catch bad guys. Uh, they want to catch uh, people that hurt people. They want to investigate and, and and that kind of thing. And what they end up being is uh, essentially drug enforcers and uh, traffic cops. Yeah, it needs to end. Quick email here from uh, Jeff. He writes in the other, I think it's pronounced Jet. Anyway, Jet. he writes in, the other day you were talking about mushrooms being banned in the Netherlands, and you made comments to the effect that psilocybin is a poison. I just about fell out of my chair. Psilocybin is not a poison by any definition of the term. Here's I didn't the, hear that. Here, I, I have claimed before that psilocybin is a poison. Well, you show. know, anything in quantity is um, liable to, uh, to to kill you. I don't know specifically. I, I know that many people attribute uh, psilocybin to the, uh, uh, that some scientists attribute psilocybin to the evolution of man. He says here that the definition for the word poison is a substance with an inherent property that tends to destroy life or impair health. Psilocybin does not meet this definition any more than water or oxygen does. In fact, here is the toxicity information on psilocybin and uh, psilocin. This uh, says the hallucinogenic psilocybin and psilocin found in mushrooms have low toxicity. Studies in mice showed that doses up to 200 milligrams of psilocybin per kilogram of body can be injected without lethal effects. That's a lot, by the way. Uh, that implies that an average human human with body weight of 65 kilograms can be injected 13 grams of the psychoactive mushroom ingredient without experiencing any lethal effects. The most traditional measurement of toxicity of a drug is the therapeutic index that is a ratio of the lethal dose to the effective dose. And then they go on comparing some of these toxicity indexes, which are kind of interesting. We'll give you those numbers here in a moment. And talk to you about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. You make it now. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then amp up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Send us 3 bucks a month via any major credit card, PayPal. We'll even take money orders. 
Uh, so the reason for this is to help us get on more radio stations and therefore spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So get on board at amp.freetalklive.com. You get access to a few perks as well. Uh, to sweeten the pot a bit, you get the uh, AMP-only call-in line, AMP-only chat room and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, continuing the email here about psilocybin. This is the active chemical in psychedelic mushrooms, for those of you that are unawares and uninitiated. And I could have sworn that I read sometime in the past that it was a poison, but uh, Jeff is telling me that it is not. In fact, uh, Wikipedia backs him up. I had it open, and I must have closed it. It's uh, it's actually a r- related, apparently, to uh, the tryptamine family. Hmm. So, sort of similar to what you get in Turkey, interestingly enough. I thought it was tryptophan. Tryptophan, that's what, that's what I mean. Uh, anyway, the hallucinogenic psilocybin found in mushrooms have low toxicity. It says here that according to the Registry of Toxic Effects, the therapeutic index for psilocybin is 641. Now, in comparison to other substances, it's relatively non-toxic. For example, the therapeutic index for vitamin A is 9,637, higher being worse. Hmm. Uh, For LSD, it's 4,816, 199 for aspirin, and 21 for nicotine. Thus, psilocybin, ranking at 641, appears to have a relatively low toxicity. So, um, nicotine is low uh, on this, this 21, you said? Yeah, well, maybe it is. Well, shoot, maybe it is higher. That's hang on a second. In addition, literature states that the oral intake of psilocybin appears to be the lowest risk out of all other drugs for both acute lethality and dependence. So, if it's saying it's lower than the other drugs, then lower number must be better. Saying that uh, nicotine is, I was under the impression that nicotine was a poison and that you could die from eating it. I don't know. Anyway, shows what we know about what he claims. Uh, is nicotine itself? I don't know much about nicotine. That's one drug I don't know a lot about. Is nicotine itself toxic, or is it all the other chemicals and stuff put together in a cigarette that are really bad for you? Well, there's a difference between toxicity yeah. and a, there's a difference between toxicity and, and addictiveness. And well, I mean, but cigarettes can kill you over time. But is it are, because well, it's not going to kill you with a dose? Kills you. Or? Well, it's the dose. Yeah. Okay. Well, lung cancer kills you over time. Not the cigarettes themselves, and not everyone that smokes cigarettes gets lung yeah. cancer. It's the dosage, and then how quick your quickly your body expels that stuff. I mean, y- the people that get vomit and um, si- you know, the vomit and get sick from cigarettes. That's what they're reacting to is the nicotine. Psilocybin, according to Wikipedia, is a psychedelic alkaloid of the tryptamine family found in psilocybin mushrooms. It's considered mostly to be an entheogen and a tool to use in so, uh, to supplement various types of practices for transcendence, including meditation, psychonautics, and illicit psychedelic psychotherapy, whether self-administered or not. So, a little bit more uh, correction there, and I appreciate that, because that's the way I, I you know, I, I tell you, I learn more things from doing this radio show than <laughs> uh, than anything else. If I get on the air and spout off misinformation, there's always a, at least one email that comes in. And boy, with this Linux thing, it's been more than one email, hasn't yeah. it, Mark? The, 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 the Linux zombies. <laughs> no, Must use no they're not zombies. They love their operating system yes. and are, are very passionate it's, about it's it. It's funny. Yeah, they, 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 they try to keep it uh, down, uh, you know, simple for me. But, you know, even reading about computer stuff, I, I'm just I'm not interested. Yeah. I like looking at my email and, uh, you know. It's easy. I use Word. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, so you know, in fact, some of the Linux emails that have been coming in, I, I don't know if they listened to last night's show before they wrote them, even though they've been coming in later today. I don't know if they've actually listened to us talking about it, because we haven't been mean to Linux. I've said that, you know, people should try it if that's, you know, if they're interested in trying it. Uh, in fact, I've well, been trying to. You didn't properly um, advertise it. You you said that it wasn't ready for prime time, and you know people disagree and agree and and that kind of thing. And well, either there's some. So I think something might be wrong with my CD burner because I I burnt four copies of Linux today to try to give it a shot as mm-hmm. I promised I would, and not one of them was working correctly. Hmm. So I may end up just having to either try it on a different CD burner or maybe just order a copy because they say you can get a free one if you ask for it. So maybe I'll try that. But I promise you, I will give it a try one of these days. 800-259-9231. A quick... Oh, wait, we do have a phone call from Zach in Minnesota. Zach, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. How are you guys doing? It's been a while. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Zach? Uh, I was just uh, tuned in here in the last couple minutes, and I already thought of some stuff to talk about quick. By all means. Um, About this whole uh, giving the drugs to the kids. I mean, you know, I'm going... If you guys remember, you know, I'm going into law enforcement, and Mm -hmm. I just can't believe that this stuff is still going on, you know, cops just busting down people's doors. And, you know, I don't know if it's really good parenting or not, but that's just my opinion. You know, I'd like to think there's other ways to teach your kids about drugs, but I don't know. The whole, you know, I want to go into SWAT, and that's pretty much my whole thing. You do. I think... That's all yeah, you're really doing. Yeah, that's my whole... That's my career goal. You won't be kicking in doors of terrorists. You know that, right? Well, you know, I'd rather kick in the door of a child molester or a murderer rather than... You're some... not going to be doing that, my friend. It just doesn't happen. SWAT is used for vice crimes. Yep, and, you know, I'm aware of that, but, you know, maybe things will change someday, you know. I'm an optimist. Well, you're, I, it's, it's going to be tough on you, man. If you're anti-drug war and you're on the SWAT team, you're going to... You're going to be instrumental in bringing a lot of pain yep. into people's lives, and that's it's going to bother you. I'm just letting you know. I understand you've done a lot of work for it, and you know you've got to go on your path in life. But as far as this woman in uh, I can't Indiana, remember, Indiana, who uh, gave out the the drugs, she not only gave it to her daughter, which I'm I'm not sure I'm against, but she also gave it out to three of her daughter's friends at a birthday party, and apparently there were some adults around too, and uh, you know she got snitched out somehow. So. She was incredibly dumb in the way that she did things, and she was providing. Uh, like I, I may not, I may very well not want my kid uh, to be taught about drugs, and I certainly don't want him to be taught about drugs by somebody else's parent who's passing around a joint to a bunch of eleven-year-olds. Well, as I said, it's your responsibility as a parent to vet the parents of the kids they're hanging around with. I, the woman did something wrong, in my opinion. Zach, why did you want to become a uh, a SWAT team member? Is it because you fantasized about stopping murderers and raiding th- their homes? Uh, that's that's part of it. Uh, I guess that's why I started thinking about it. But you know, as I mature and go through my uh, education and everything else, um, I don't just want to be a street cop, and mostly for the reasons why you know I don't care about the guy selling a bag of marijuana on the corner. I want to go for the big guys that are actually hurting people. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, and that's why I've chosen, I'm going to go into the federal side of it. You know, I'm not just going to go work on the You're going to be a fed? Beach, so. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much where my uh, career goals are now. What and, kind um, of fed? I haven't really decided totally, but um, I'm looking at either Border Patrol or FBI right now. Oh my God! Well, Border um, Patrol, you probably won't be you won't be doing as much drug stuff, but um, if there's plenty gonna, of drug stuff going on down there. If you're going to be doing SWAT, any anything that has to do with SWAT is 
It's it's not going to be it's not going to be murderers and rapists. So wait, I'm confused. Just look at the news. Wait a minute. If you want to go into the federal work, aren't you training to be a a, a local SWAT member right now? What what are you oh, training well, for? Oh, actually, I'm just I'm um I'm going to college and just getting my bachelor's in law enforcement, and I then see. I'll take it from there. But That's... um. That's tough, man, because uh, like like we're saying here, yeah, all of that work is... Just be informed when you're you know doing this, that you're, <laughs> you're not going to be... You SWAT not... is rarely, rarely used on uh, crimes of uh, you know violence, uh, crimes against kids. It's almost entirely used on um, vice crimes. And, and yep. that's, it may change um, some, to some extent. You know, maybe in 10 or 15 years, you'll see a larger portion of, Mar- of um, America where marijuana is legal, but... But, you know, these rules change slowly, and you're going to have to follow rules or you're going to be out on your keister. Yeah, they're going to want you to be uh, tough. They're going to want you to be violent. They're going to want you to be shouting, barking orders at people and pointing weapons. And you're going to be raiding the homes of people that in many cases have never harmed another person. Uh, You're going to see families being broken up. You're going to throw a flashbang into a house where children are are at home. You're going to see houses. I mean, you're going to see all kinds of terrible things that that you're going to be involved in. And that's... I mean, I hate to say this, dude, but you're going to be part of the problem. Yeah. And there's there's no way that you can you can fix the system from the inside in that way. At least and you know at least driving around a squad car, you're by yourself and you can use your discretion as far as what you decide to do. Uh, but if you're with that team, then the, all eyes are going to be on you and they're going to be paying very close attention to whether or not you're. Doing it by the book, and in their case, by the book means ruining people's lives. Zach, I really suggest you check out Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. And talk to those guys and talk, see what they Yeah, think. talk to them. Talk to the, the experts, the people that have been involved in exactly what you're trying to do. And maybe they could uh, to they could help you out and point you in the right direction or give you some things to chew on and think about more than we can here. And I would hope you do that. And if you do, please call us back at that time, Zach, and, and good luck with your decision. 1-800. Oh, wait, we're done. It's uh, Benny in here with you. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 